So we're walking off, and, uh, you know, he kind of looked back, and he, he kind of looks at the car, and he goes, what do you think that car's worth? And I go, I don't know. To be honest, it's only worth what somebody's willing to buy it, you know, pay for it. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Thinking, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking 75 to 100 grand. He goes, you son of a bitch. That's worth <laughs> that much money? And I'm like, well, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, but you've already agreed to it, so when we win, that's mine. Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon. This week in podcast number 146, we talk with two guys who have California Highway Patrol cars for their collectibles in their garage and what it's like to collect police vehicles. But first, it's time for Talking About Cars News! <laughs> This past weekend, Kevin Na won the PGA's Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas, with a 13-under-par score of 267, a four-shot winner over runner-up Tony Finau. Not only did Na get the usual trophy and, of course, the check for winning, he also got a rather heavy trophy, a fully restored 1973 Dodge Challenger, because Schwab was celebrating the, air quotes, Challenger spirit. The actual build was done in Simi Valley, northwest of Los Angeles, by Steve Strope's Pure Vision Design. Now, you may remember Strope. He has a show on Motor Trend TV, the former Velocity, called Hand-Built Hot Rods. Kevin Na, winning the event, didn't keep the car, and that's what made it a little interesting. He didn't give it back. He gave the keys to his caddy, Kenny Harms. I then caught up with Kenny on his way back home after the tournament. First car I ever bought was a 73 Camaro. Uh, I bought it for two hundred dollars. It was uh, really dark, ugly green, full of rust. That's all I could afford, and I wound up buying a three twenty seven engine uh, and and souping the thing up with three hundred fifty horsepower. Uh, put a you know a transmission in there, automatic transmission that I had, but like a, a racing transmission, and uh, you know did the wheels and then painted the car yellow, and you know so that was my first. Uh, love of uh, you know of having a, a not a muscle car at the time, but you know I was trying to turn it into a muscle car. So um, and then that that kind of transpired into Porsches. Um, my uncle races Porsches up in uh, New Jersey, and I would go to a couple of meets with him, and you know I just fell in love with uh, racing, and you know and I wound up getting a '98 911. Carrera convertible that I actually never took it on the track. I uh, and then I went up buying a Porsche Cayenne Turbo S out in California, believe it or not, and shipped it back. I've been looking for it for a long time because the 06 model is a little bigger and it's a little more masculine. Um, <laughs> and then you know, but, but let's go back. And, and my mom lived in Fort Lee, New Jersey, in a condo complex, uh, and there was an old. 68 Shelby convertible that had been sitting there for years. And I just, you know, I, I'm like, I fell in love with the car. I had no idea what the value was, but, uh, you know, I was in college at the time, and I said to my mom, have you ever run into that guy? I asked him if he wants to sell it. Well, he did, and he, he actually only wanted 15000 at the time. And, of course, I was in college, had no money, couldn't buy it. But I, I believe the value of that car is probably like 200 to 250 now. Um, so... 
you know, I always follow the auction sites if I'm, you know, back in my hotel rooms watching what, you know, the muscle cars are going for. Um, I've always, you know, always been a fan of the Z28s, the old Z28s and the SSs and the, uh, the Barracudas and the, you know, the Dodge Challengers and, and you know, in about two months ago, uh, we're part of the Caddy Network and we're promoting the Charles Schwab Challenge. So they had a picture of the car and I posted it on Instagram for, for, for the Charles Charles Schwab Challenge and the car and I, I said on there, I said, Kevin, you are not going to look good in this car, but I will. You need to give me this when we win. You know, yeah. it, it was kind of joking and stuff. And um, so Tuesday, we're uh, on the golf course and on the 10th hole, it's just the car sitting over to the right. And I took a bunch of pictures of it and uh, Kevin comes over and I said, hey, Kevin, you know, because I'm like, you know, if we win, will you give me the car? And he kind of looks over at him and he goes, yeah, if I win, I'll give you the car. Really? So, yeah. He's so not a car guy? Was, is he, he not a was, No, 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 no. He's a car guy. He, yeah, he, he's got a, he's got Lamborghini. He's got a Lamborghini that he just bought like six months ago. So, um, but neither one of us realized what it was. I mean, I thought, you know, I obviously knew it was, you know, all restored, but I had no idea what, what went into that car um you know until until i found out about it uh but anyway so we're walking off and uh you know he kind of looks back and he he kind of looks at the car and he goes what do you think that car's worth and i go i don't know to be honest it's only worth what somebody's willing to buy it you know pay for it oh yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking you know i'm thinking 75 to 100 grand he goes you son of a bitch that's worth that much money and i'm like well it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it but you've already agreed to it so when we win that's mine <laughs> and he kind of shakes his head and he goes whatever you know and uh so that's how it all kind of transpired and you know then obviously you know i'm sure you saw you know the the, the videos of, of when he won the first thing he did was he kind of looked at me and he pointed at the car and goes that's yours buddy um so we get into the scoring tent and uh you know the guys are like you really giving that car to him and he's like yeah i'm giving that car to him and and he's like hey do you got enough room for that car i said yeah i got a three-car garage there's plenty enough room trust me i'll make room for that you know and uh so then it gets on the topic of you know our, our buddy jim that's kind of helps running the place uh, he goes, and he's a big motorcycle guy and a car guy also, and, and Kevin goes, hey, uh, what's the value of that car? And he goes, well, Kev, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, but uh, mm-hmm. probably about 175, 200 grand. And Kevin's like, what? <laughs> he goes, well, a deal's a deal. And then we find out, then we wind up talking to Charles Schwab, the guy that built it, down at down at the car. He, uh, he wound up, Kevin's like, well, you know, how much is this car worth? And he goes, uh, you know, it, it's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, but there's uh, three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in this car. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's like I, I look back at the day when I was in college and I didn't have the money to buy that um, that Shelby, and the money that you know obviously I would have had to put in to restore it. You know, I've always wanted, I've always wanted a muscle car, and it's like when I saw that car, I'm like, God, I fell in love with it. It's like my favorite color. I'm a blue guy. 
Uh, I got blue eyes. And, you know, being at 73 when, you know, Charles Schwab started the company, uh, being, you know, obviously the first car that I ever owned was a 73 Camaro. It was, uh, I just fell in love with it the first time I saw it. And then to find out, you know, who built it, who's a legend, and the time and the effort and what's in that car. And, it, you know, it's got a Hemi with 485 horsepower. And, you know, I don't even know the details of it yet, to be honest, because, you know, I didn't want to jinx myself or jinx Kevin from not winning the golf tournament. So I kind of just, like, low-played it for the rest of the week. I mean, I did post something on Tuesday after he said he'd give me the car on Instagram with a picture of the car saying, that car is mine when we win. And, you know, it was one of those things that everything just went right that week. And Wow. I got the keys. The car's mine, but uh, we're getting the paperwork all done, and then they'll ship it to me. And then, um, you know, Steve is going to uh, want to show it in a bunch of, um, I think it's at SEMA out in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to they're gonna want to pick it up and send it out there, and I'm cool with it, you know. You know, that that's his beauty. You know, it's his baby. It's my baby, too, so it's both of our babies the way I look at it. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm all for I'm all for getting it out there and, and showing that thing off. It's special. I mean, it just shows you the relationship that me and Kevin have for him to do that. You know, it's been 11 years, and, and you know, we're, we're like brothers. We are brothers, you know, the way I look at it. I noticed he uh, got it. He got behind the wheel of the car and immediately started revving it up. I'm going to rev the engine before I get into it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I said, hey, don't blow that engine, bro. It needs to be broken in first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what's actually the first thing I thought of when he was really starting to rip it that early. And uh, did, he, did what, Do you warm it up? Okay, here's another one. So yeah. we know the car is, for the moment, I assume, still back there, and you're going through the paperwork, and it's going to get shipped to you and then eventually to Vegas or whatever. So who's paying the taxes on that car? I am. Three hundred and seventy-five thousand yeah. dollars worth, or or one seventy-five. Yeah, or? I think it's. Um, uh, I, I I think the value of the car that is going to. I don't know. It's. I think the value that they're putting on it is about one hundred seventy-five thousand. If I'm not mistaken, um, I know the hours and stuff, but the cost. I you know, and, and he's using it, you know, to promote. But I, I've been told that the value the. The value is going to be one hundred seventy-five thousand. And did they did they tell you what the taxes are going to be on it? Well, I'll be paying you know ordinary income taxes. I'm sure I'm going to get ten ninety nine for it. Um, and I'm figuring the taxes are probably going to be somewhere between sixty and seventy thousand. Small price to pay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the way I look at it is uh, last week was uh, I got a car and uh, all the money's going to the government. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got no problem. Hey, my man, the more money you make, the more money you, you know you pay to the government. That's what it's all about, right? You might as well get a car out of it. Yeah, exactly. How cool uh, is that? Car I'll have the rest of my life. Okay, so you had mentioned that you have a three-car garage at home. I do. What's going to be taken out of the garage so you can put that one in? Um, I've got a '94 Jeep Sahara that I redid. Um got like 78,000 miles on it and uh that's either going to be sitting in the in the driveway or it's going to be sold i think i'm going to wind up selling it to be honest uh, 
I just don't drive it that much. It just sits there, and literally, I just did the whole the whole rehab two years ago. I put like you know, I want to say it was eleven grand in it. Uh, but I was I was fortunate enough. A buddy of mine, you know, who was a, who's actually races cars uh, from from Lake Noni, he's from Michigan guy. He's raced in Le Mans for twenty four hours. He does those type of races. Uh, he sold it to me as a favor, you know, for four grand. Um, so, you know, I'm going to lose money on the deal, but uh, somebody's going to have a nice Jeep and, you know, with low miles, with only 79,000 miles. But uh, I just, I don't see there's a reason to keep it because I know I'm going to be driving the Challenger a lot more than I'm going to be driving the Porsche because the Porsche actually is now a collector's item as well. I got lucky about the last year of the air cooled, so... This car that I bought for eighty something thousand in '98, a lot twenty one years ago, is now worth more money than I paid for it. So, um, and it's only got forty two thousand miles on it. And it's pristine. I mean, it's that, that. So I've got two babies, and then I got my everyday driving car is the Cayenne Turbo. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And that's got five hundred twenty horsepower. But and it's macho. It's uh yeah it's you, know, you wouldn't think how fast it is looking at it, but uh, they actually got. They just came out with a new one. It's a lot lighter. That goes zero to sixty in three point seven seconds now. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting. I'm probably going to wait another ten years because that car's like one eighty five. So I figure in ten years it'll be worth about forty or fifty, and that's when I'll trade up. Does this go without saying that after all the guys you've caddied for over the years, this is the best gift you ever received for your guy winning a tournament? <sighs> you know. There's, you know, when Kevin, Kevin told me, you know, he said, don't ever sell it. I said, you know, Hubert Green, when I worked for him at the end of the year, one year, he gave me his gold presidential Rolex that he won for, for winning the U.S. Open, which is, you know, something else that I will, it's dear to my heart. He passed away last year. I love him to death. I miss him. This, this car is going to be right next to that, that, that watch. Yeah, obviously that, that, that car will be babied a lot more than that watch being what it is but yeah i yeah i gotta throw yeah it's probably the best gift i've ever gotten financially yes absolutely sentimental it's right there with Hubert green because you know he's no longer with us i'm impressed you actually had to take a minute to think about it so you must have gotten some pretty cool gifts over the years well i, I uh well i got the watch and i and i got and i got the car and and you know um Hubert green was one of my best friends just like just like kevin is Mm-hmm. So you know, to, to 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 separate the two of them wouldn't be fair to either one of them. Let me go to your car list. What was on the top three cars on your "I want that car someday" list? The '69 Camaro Z28, uh, the '68 Shelby Mustang. That if I had the money back in the day, that would be it because that car is amazing. Convertible had that five scoop air induction, uh, and then you know the Porsche, you know 2019. GTS, I'd have to go with the Porsche. And obviously, the Mustang is the car that got away. The Mustang that got away, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got one of my dream cars now because you know what? This is a dream come true to have that '73 Challenger. So I, that would be in my three, and then I'd have to actually get rid of the Z28 because I wouldn't need the Z28. I'd go with the Shelby, and I'd go with the Porsche. Okay, so now that you're going to get the car, the Challenger. Yeah. Is anybody going to be able to, just anybody going to be able to drive it in your family? Or is it um, all? That's a great question. <laughs> As of right now, the answer is my Uncle Jay, because he's raced cars, but he would be, he, he would 
supercars getting wrecked because you know they, they don't know how to drive it. They don't realize the power behind them. So I'd have a hard time letting somebody drive it. I understand. Now you don't. You're not married or anything. You know, I'm not. I, I'm. 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 I'm uh, divorced in oh in fourteen oh four. So I've been single for fifteen years now. So yeah. So I get to have toys because I don't have any children. Well, yeah. Well, what was Kevin talking about then? Saying something about someone you were holding a child. All right, Kenny. What do you think about the car? I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. That car is just. It's just amazing. 73, the first car I ever had was a 73 Camaro. Now I actually, actually have a car that doesn't have any putty or rust or anything. It's a supercar. You know, if Sophia, <laughs> you know, if Sophia was old enough to drive, that would be hers. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, Sophia. His, his child, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talking about if it was, if, if Sophia was old enough, it would be hers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm like, absolutely. What was he going to say? No, it's a... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's Sophia. Yeah, Sophia was 17 years old, but that's not the kind of car you want to give a 17 year old. No, I guarantee you that. No, not at all. That definitely very cool. Uh, hey. You want something big and something that's going to be protected, not uh, something with 485 horsepower. Put her in a Lincoln Continental from 1964. Exactly, something big, that. really big, <laughs> really heavy. PGA caddy Kenny Harms talking about his hand-built 1973 Dodge Challenger. Now, last time in talking about Cars 145, we talked with owners of an ambulance and hearses. Well, this time around, it's police cars. Derek Schooler joins us along with Ron Hurwitz. I caught up with them at the Chrysler Performance West Spring Fling in Van Nuys, California. Derek in what looks like a police detective vehicle and Ron, a CHP car, both of them 1969 Dodge Polaris. First, Ron gave us the update on his car. My car I've had since 1995. Uh, my friend Julius Stewart found it in Hemmings, and uh, I've had it since, yeah, 1995. And I did a ground-up restoration on it, spent uh, from 97 to 2006. Now, you are actually a former CHP guy. I'm a CHP volunteer. Good, goodwill ambassador by retired commissioner Spike Helmick. Why did you decide to get a car that is a former police vehicle and why that particular 69? Okay, I had a Challenger 1970. I was going to restore it. It had frame damage and back then you couldn't get those parts. So I lost interest, sold the parts, sold the car. One day I was working at Carson Chrysler in 1993 and a light bulb went off in my head, 69 CHP Polaro. Because I had one when I was a teenager, a real CHP car, picked up off uh, Woodley South of Ventura Boulevard for $800. And those are the muscle cars that chase muscle cars. So I started collecting parts before I knew mine existed. Then Julius found it in 95 and bought it and trailered it up to Oregon when he couldn't do it after, you know, and spent six, let's see, nine years going back and forth to Oregon. Derek, what's your background and how did you get involved with yours? Well, I'm from the UK originally, but I work in the film business. Um, I'd been into police cars for a while before I found this one, uh, mostly 80s and 90s Chevys, Caprices. Um, and then just, you know, reading up more about police cars, this thing kept coming up, the 69 CHP Polar. Um, so I just started looking for one and that went on for probably about 10 years. And then this finally showed up on eBay, um, right here in North Hills. You know, emailed the guy, 
went over, made a deal with him, and uh, ended up buying it. Uh, fortunately, he gathered basically everything for the car, um, so it was just a matter of getting stuff rebuilt, painting it, putting it all back together. Any particular television show with the uh, police cars driving around in that first made you notice? Um, yeah, I mean, as a kid, I think the same shows that a lot of kids were into back then, the, you know, Kojak, the, you know, because uh, I grew up in the UK, so was, we got a lot of those import shows over there, Kojak, Starsky and Hutch, you know, all that, you know, the normal stuff I think people gravitated towards as kids. Um, I found it was pretty amazing, Ron, that uh, police don't usually drive like Starsky and Hutch all the time like that. No, they don't. They have to take into account people's lives, their life, you know, insurance, liabilities, all such. I, I, and, and why is it that the Kojak Buick never really picked up? I don't know, actually. It's, I kind of like it. There was actually one just showed up for sale up in San Francisco a couple of months ago, and I was very tempted to go get it. And really? It was, yeah, it was like a couple of, th- couple of thousand, I think it was for, so uh-huh. I, I kind of like them. I mean, uh, so I think they had 455 motors in them, too, those ones. The, the Regal, so yeah, but you don't, yeah, you don't see them around very much. But they're not very desirable. No, you'd have to shave all the hair off your head, probably. Then, well, it's that's already on the way anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I could understand that. You you had said when I was talking about the Kojak car, your your two words, ugly, but ugly. Yes, well, that could have had something to do with it, I suppose. This one was a California Highway Patrol car. 69 like Alan's was or like mine was and he just didn't want to you know he wanted to drive it so that's why he did it like this black well yeah yours is uh, Derek yours is all black yes. theoretically it could be thought of as an undercover yeah, car that's, I think that's what most people kind of assume it is or was you know uh, but it was a know, CHP have undercover cars CHP had det- auto theft detectives back then and they had Polaris that didn't have lights or, or sirens on them they had radios in them. But they were all, they were all pad, all the, the power, you know, and all that. Yeah, 440 Magnums, 727 transmissions, 375 horse. And uh, they had blue, greens, I remember, browns. Yeah. Highway Patrol with Broder Crawford comes to my mind. Yeah. 1955 through 1959. Which was the car Broder Crawford was driving that really, because I know a lot of people thought it was the 56 Buick. 55 Buick. And then uh, they used 56 Merc because CHP, you know, had approval or he, they had approval from CHP. Well, they lost approval from CHP, so then they started buying their own cars because the first cars in 1955, all CHP cars, uh-huh. every one of them. Really? All the 56 Buicks, 50, 55 56, Buicks? Because I even remember, I'm trying to remember, they even had like a 57 Buick and, uh, and maybe even yeah. a 58 at one point. Yeah, yeah, they had just whatever they could get. You know, since CHP pulled their, you know, approval. And that's for those who you remember, most of you may be listening to this, and, and I'm just saying wah, 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 you don't get it. But they would, all those CHP cars back then in Highway Patrol with Broderick Crawford were two doors. Two doors. CHP was a two-door agency. They did have captain's cars during the years with four doors. In 19, um, let's see, 1959 was the last year. 1960 was the first year for four-door. 1960 was the last year for black roof. 1961 was the first year for white roof. I didn't know this, Derek. Did you know this? Few do, my friend. Oh, oh yeah. I was gonna say. I I feel. I was gonna say that's that stuff I didn't know. Why, just out of curiosity, would they hang two doors? I mean, didn't they ever take anybody into custody? They did, but not much back then. You know, they would call another agency, take them away, or something. 
different jurisdiction, uh-huh. something like that. Ah, they called the paddy wagon. Okay, I get that. All right, so you guys both have had opportunities to buy these cars. First thing, parts. Are these parts available for cars like this? Somewhat. eBay, you know, you find stuff. Not a lot. What about you, Derek? Uh, Yeah, same thing. I mean, eBay, word of mouth, I mean, Mopar websites. Um, My particular car, I got lucky in so much as the guy I bought it from pretty much acquired pretty much everything it needed. Um, So, like I said, it was a question of me putting it all back together. But as I found since looking for certain things, yeah, some of it's available, some of it just isn't at all. I I mean, Tom Tom Yeager from the Valley out here is who he bought it from. And I helped Tom get a lot of parts. I told Tom what radio you need, what model, what number, everything. That's how we did my 69, you know. So for those people who are thinking, you know, this might be really cool to do, and, and I know there are car lots around here. I drove by one in Canoga Park that's, mm-hmm. that's basically... You know the and, one you speak of. Yes. Big place. Yeah. 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 Roscoe and and Roscoe Boulevard right across from Dependable Dodge. Right. And they've got a place where it has old squad cars, a lot of motorcycles, mm-hmm. uh, and some other vehicles as well. Um, if you're looking for something like that, Derek, tell me, what do you have to watch out for? Um, I mean, generally, the, the, the newer cars, is the... the it's better to steer away just from the, the regular black and white patrol units that generally get driven around the clock and driven into the ground. Um, so the lesser used ones, you know, the highway patrol ones, the captain's cars, um, those are better to start with those generally, you know, and they're a little bit in better shape too. Um, the highway patrol, I think, has which much better maintenance than your average, you know, local police force too, so those are better ones to look for. Um, so the guy, the guy who played the... Uh guy in the lab coat on chips he obviously was the guy that took better care of the cars uh yeah yeah he would be yeah tell me the truth you worked in the chp does the chp have a guy in a lab coat uh in the garage working on the cars no oh man i'm gonna have to just uh just blue uniforms Derek says another dream shattered. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You watch these shows, you think there's some modicum of truth in there somewhere. Okay, so that's a good idea. What about you? What do you think people should look out for if they're going to go get a vehicle? If they want a police vehicle, just you know, look at the numbers, the the uh, VIN number. Just verify it's a like a P71, which for Crown Vicks, that's what they were, and uh, just make sure it's an authentic one. You know, don't waste. You know, it's like my friend Alan wanted to do a clone 69. I said, I'm not keen on helping you do a clone. And then this, this one found here at Spring Fling in 2010, found me, and then I went and looked at it, and then he bought it, and he did a ground-up restoration on it like I did. But as far as late models, I'm in a car uh, club up in uh, Central California, and they won't let you have a late model police car in there. It's got to be a certain year or there's cutoffs because you're too close to the Crown Vicks. There's still a ton of Crown Vicks running around, and there's, nope, and there's people impersonating, you know, and stuff. Jay Leno, uh, sometime back, uh, had on his show, I believe that 61 Dodge Polara, I believe it was, is, oh, there you go, he said yours. Yours has been on the show as well. Um, I'm just looking at a picture. In fact, it's on the back of your phone. Very good. Yeah, a picture of Jay from uh, his... uh, Jay Leno's Garage. 18, 20, 13 with Spike Helmick and, and I. So of all those cars, if you had a chance to get another one, not necessarily a 69, what would be the CHP car that you would get? 
Um, aside from the 69, I like a crown. I mean, they're nice. 2008. Or if it's something earlier, uh, it's hard. It's 70 Merc Monterey, 71 CHP Polera, last uh, Chrysler Corporation, 78 Monaco 440 engine. Okay, Derek, you, uh, you've you heard that. Yeah. Is there anything on the tip of your mind as far as something you would like to try once you've perfected um, this one? Specifically CHP, you're talking about? Or or police or some sort of black and white. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, again, the later 70, 77, 78 Monaco's I like. Um, and the Caprices for me, the, the late 80s boxy Caprices. And then also the LT1 mid 90s Caprices. I've always been a, a big fan of those too. So those those I think were actually, and I know gas mileage isn't something you think about with these things, but those were actually pretty not decent. Terrible, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but yeah, not bad. I mean, I have a 95 Caprice now, and um, yeah, gets pretty decent mileage. And it's like those, it's like those wagons, the Roadmasters, and that kind of stuff. Those the. What's that? Road monster. <laughs> yes, but they actually got decent gas mileage for being ultimate barges. Yeah, th they did. I had a 95 Caprice and I could get about 20 miles per gallon on the highway, 50, 60, 65, 70 miles an hour. Uh -huh. And they screamed because wow. they had a Corvette motor. You, you had talked a little bit about um, people not taking regular vehicles and trying to clone them into uh, police vehicles. Uh, in fact, I think we both knew somebody on this club that had a 69, uh, I believe it was a 69 Polara that they tried to turn. Hard top Lynn, yeah. yeah. yeah it was I, I don't know what ever happened to that car, but... Uh, she, she, has, she still has it. She still owns it. It's not black. Is it still black and white? Still black and white. Because you also have to get the equipment for it and all that other yeah, stuff. I get the approval from the highway patrol. I got mine from Spike when he was commissioner, uh -huh. so it was no problem. But you have to have permission to run highway patrol on the doors, highway patrol on the trunk, have the lights, sirens, stuff like that. What do you have to do to get them to approve it? Is there some sort of thing they have to you approve? write a letter to the commissioner with your intentions to promote California Highway Patrol mm -hmm. and functions, which I've done since 2006. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I'm... Goodwill ambassador for the highway patrol. Wow. They wouldn't take the car away from you now. They won't touch me. Okay. No. So they won't touch him, Derek, but. Uh, you say mine's pretty much street legal the way it's set up. Uh, did, you, did you have to go through the CHP no, like that? Not at all. But because I have regular plates on it, I don't have the decals or anything, so which is kind of part of the reason why I went this route uh -huh. with restoring it, painting it all black instead of doing that. Um, just to make it a little more practical, a little more drivable. On it. What are you going to do left on this thing that you haven't done yet? Um, I might want to just make all the sirens and lights work on it. Um, even though I just said it's currently street legal, that would pretty much make it illegal to have working sirens on it. But just kind of a fun thing to have for the shows, I guess. I might might put that on it. Uh, Not like that crazy guy. Was it the pickup truck guy yesterday here at the... Uh, show that suddenly show, totally put it he had a what a fire truck uh it sounded no, like it no, it was just a dodge ram pickup with some crap in the back right but oh, it but yeah. it sounded like yeah, you know yeah. your typical Ground blake oh, really? I didn't even yeah it sounded like your you know broderick crawford highway patrol yeah. vehicle that was an old siren yeah the ground the, fe the federal c4hb of course it is. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Derek, didn't you know that? Of course. Yeah. I mean, guys in the know know that C4HB. Yeah. yeah. That's the model C4 and then HB standard for highway brake. Right. You know, the uh, HB7 was probably not a, it was kind of different though, wasn't it? Exactly. All right, then. Good. I'm glad we've settled that. Is it? Am I forgetting anything about is anybody else that, uh, anything else somebody should know to 
pursue their interest in uh, a police vehicle? Try not to impersonate actual police cars. That's that's where people run into problems. And, yeah, that's a good and point. People do do it, and yeah, that, that'll get you in trouble in a hurry. <laughs> Putting especially the newer, the later model, you know, Crown Vicks or the newer Chargers. I mean, if you start running around in those with lights on them and you know what have you, you'll you'll get into some trouble. Car real quick. They're going to impound it and crush it. Seriously, they would crush it? Yeah, they don't take kindly oh, yeah. to that kind of stuff at all. Oh, yeah. You know. Really? Yeah. All right. Even if it's a real police car? It's a real police car, but it's what you're doing with it. If you're impersonating an office or something and they take your car from you and crush you, they can pull the stickers off the highway patrol cars if they want to, if you're, if you're abusing it's it. It's one wrong guy to pull you over, you know, on having a bad day, and you can have a lot of trouble. Derek Schooler and Ron Hurwitz. Just a reminder, the L.A. Police Department and the L.A. Fire Department is holding their 16th annual Still Saving Lives Car Show Saturday, June 1st, just a couple of days away, 2019, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Warner Center Park in Woodland Hills. Bob Beck and I will be co-emceeing the event. For more information, and you can get your car in there if you live in the Southern California area, go to VTAC, V-T-A-C, dash, V-T-D, dot, O-R-G. Hey, remember to subscribe to Talking About Cars on Radio.com, iTunes, and KNX1070.com, so that way you can be notified when a new podcast is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes, please give us five stars and leave us a review of what you think of the podcast. Don't forget our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. And follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.